And welcome everyone to episode number 17 of the VR Pimp Podcast. I am your host, Scotty Velvet. And a little later in this episode, I'll be speaking with Chavi Kloss from Bedoink VR. Chavi is the head of production at Bedoink, which over the past couple of years has expanded their portfolio to four different VR porn sites with Bedoink VR, VR Cosplay X, 18VR, and Babe VR. And there's actually a fifth site that has just been added to the mix. And here to discuss that, along with some other industry news, is the multi-talented producer, director, there is nothing this guy can't do. Welcome to the podcast, Telly lopez Fu. Thank you very much, but uh, actually I can't dance, so there is something I can't do. And there's probably a lot of things. I can't cook that well either. Um, I mean, how long, how long do we have here? Um, I mean, <laughs> well, that's okay. I wasn't going to ask you to dance on the podcast, so we, we're okay. Maybe in VR chat then. Absolutely. All right. Did you have any time to enjoy the holidays or was it all work and no play? Oh, all work and no play. I mean, when you work from home, yeah, it, you're on call 24-7. But however, it was pretty good uh, recently. Over the past week or so, we've been working on some new things with VR fan service, building out more engagement. But we also still have our raffle, getting ready to give away an Oculus Go to con attendees as well as opening it up to new uh entries as well so please be on the lookout for that follow us at vr fan service on twitter instagram facebook um and yeah say hi let us know uh, what you hate about our content and i'll cry in front of you oh well i hope everything's going good for that maybe i'll have to enter the contest i need an oculus go (laughs) who doesn't the thing is so amazing now very happy with uh everybody who's put it on and i think that once you get it on your head or any other person who's never tried VR gets it on their head, they'll be sold. Now, did you see, I think the Black Friday deal was 179 for the 32 gigabyte Oculus Go? Mm-hmm. That is the perfect sweet spot price point. Because at that point, if you were to go to a bar, you're going to spend $100 on a weekend. You probably won't get laid. But you spend 200 bucks on an Oculus Go headset, you can stay home, Netflix, chill, hang out with your friends, drink your own alcohol, and you wake up in your own bed. Pretty good deal. Uh, did you also see, there was obviously all the top VR porn sites had a Black Friday deal, Cyber Monday deal. Did you see the VR bangers? They had a $250 lifetime membership. First time I've seen that. Yeah, shit. All I need is uh, about $249, and I could totally sign up to that. That's a, you know, It's a great deal, because at that point, you're investing in their company and the promise for even more amazing content. So good on them. And I'm very happy to see the Black Friday deals come out because you also see consumers retweet them and post them around and like them. So just getting a good price point, having a nice device that they can enjoy the content that all these amazing creators have put out there. Yeah, then that's what gets the adoption. So kudos on them. Yeah, we talked about headsets. One of the thing, Bedoink did is when they first started out, they gave away the 10,000 free Google Cardboard headsets. Do you think it's a, been a positive or a negative given the poor VR experience that they provide those Google Cardboard headsets? Is it good that people are getting those or maybe not so good? I think it really depends on what time frame we're looking at. You know, if we're looking at 2015 when VR was still this thing that was inaccessible, the most normal consumers who can't afford $3,000 computers, having a cardboard device that folds up nicely, um, usually well packaged to, it's a nice introductory experience. However, now that we're in 2018 and there are portable standalone headsets, to give them away 
and have it be someone's first experience might be a little underwhelming, but also more cumbersome. Um, I had a friend who used to work over at uh, unofficial cardboard and they made beautifully packaged devices. They could ship them out everywhere. However, unfolding them, putting your phone in there, it's it's an unboxing experience every single time you try to watch content. It doesn't always line up correctly, so then you have to finagle with it, and then your phone might turn off, so you have to repeat the process. That part, when you're trying to get your friend invested in VR, and you're kind of clumsily messing around with the paper product, it doesn't sell VR uh, to what its real potential is. I'm I'm very curious to see what other companies are going to start giving out consumer devices, such as like, I believe it's called the Hominoid, where it's these little fold-out glasses, uh, spectacles that you can just slip over the top of your phone. You don't need to fold out cardboard and put it inside. And while it doesn't have a trigger button on it to actuate anything, most people are just going to be loading a basic video player to show off content that they feel their friends would like. So by having a small portable device that doesn't require a lot of space, doesn't have technological components, can be slipped over anybody's phone, even your friend's phone. It allows them to to quickly access the content without that clumsy barrier to entry. Um, so I'm hoping more people gravitate towards that as the headsets themselves have become cheap to the point where regular people can buy it. So yeah, you give away these little cheap glasses and then say, hey, by the way, VR fan service has a raffle you can enter to win an Oculus Go. There's my promo plug. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're talking about breaking down that barrier. That's actually one thing that the PVR headset is trying to do, make it just simpler for everyone to access the content. And I talked about this with Chavi as well, because Bedoink's content is a big part of that platform. And Chavi speaks very highly of the headset. It's it's available now. I think it's one ninety nine, and they give away one free video week for a year, so fifty two free videos. And I actually just went to China for a week and and spoke with them again. And I do like the product, so I'm interested to see how it's going to go. And I know they're going to be at the show in Vegas in January. So if anybody's going to be there, you can try it out. Yeah, I've heard they had great uh, field of view and resolution and clarity. So. Uh, I imagine once you get that over somebody's eyes, it'll still have that impactful experience um, as other consumer headsets right now. And by giving out content that hopefully will allow people to see it as another way of not only having a device that works for other uh, solutions or other applications as well, but also just less friction. Maybe you could put on a headset and watch new content every week. And at that point, you're still getting a deal because producing content is expensive. So. Uh, good on them. Hope it works out. Yeah, sometimes it's difficult for those companies, this part of the world, you know, in China and Asia, it's difficult for them to market their product. They're they're trying, you know, but it's it's not easy. And I'm planning on setting up an e-commerce section to my website, and I'll be selling some popular devices, but also some of the stuff that I see on my trips to China that really aren't available for the average consumer. You know, it's just difficult for them to make their product known to the Western world. So I'm going to try to help them out with that and get some unique products on my site that people can buy. Oh, great. People really do need legitimate, reliable resources to uh, beta test products and before they get to the market. Everybody watches YouTube videos. Everybody listens to podcasts for all their various interests. And it's just great that people like yourself are out there trying these things, seeing what's wrong or what's good. 
and then just bringing it to the the people who want to listen, who are interested, you know, good, bad, whatever, at least it's an honest opinion. They can make their own decisions after that. So by you getting out there, spreading the word, good on you. I just want to help people. A lot of people are developing these cool products and they really don't have the money to market it. So, Hey, why don't I help them out a little bit? True. Um, And also I'm, I'm in the belief that the people that are involved within the adult industry or just industry in general, a lot of them have a different mindset than the previous generations where it was a very zero sum game kind of situation. It's, you know, if I, if I want to eat, I got to make sure I take it off of somebody else's plate. But I feel like the people that are in it now are more business oriented who realize that zero sum games never really pan out in the end for you or anybody else in general. So at that point, it's about uh, coming together, finding common grounds, making sure that the the ecosystem is supported and hopefully rising tides raise all boats. You know, I mentioned the four sites that Bedoink has kind of under their umbrella now and adding a fifth one. But one other thing that happened recently was Naughty America. They added a new channel called Black VR, where they have scenes featuring black male POV, which just matter of adding more variety to the VR porn market, obviously a positive step. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. I think it's fantastic. Um, I guess maybe from my experience, uh, that's the only thing I can really reference, but from my experience, a lot of times production companies didn't want to use uh, POV scenes from someone who wasn't a white cis male. The reason being is that most of their consumers were white cis male, and the idea of looking down and seeing their body and not seeing a white cis male body uh, would throw them off and limit the experience. However, with VR, I believe that it needs to be viewed from a different approach where it's not about passively watching a 2D content on a screen so you can get off, but about being immersed within whatever reality is being presented. And just so happens you're black guy or girl. Um, and that really shouldn't matter. It's more about the storytelling aspect of it. Why are you in this body and why is this person in this scenario? And when people can approach content creation like that, I think we can get really interesting topics of discussion, uh, uh, different ways to view sexuality and uh, different experiences that people often are afraid of trying for themselves and kind of want a, a glimpse into. And that doesn't have to be closely tied to an ethnicity or anything. You just happen to be a person in a body that's in this place. Talking about variety, this site that Bedoink is now including under their, I guess, umbrella, we'll call it, is Kink VR. And they are, if you recall, they're, I think, one of the earlier sites to come out with content. But for some reason, they stopped producing and they've been sitting there for a long time. But for me, it was very interesting, that kind of site. I think they're going to do quite well. Probably. Um, Yeah, you're totally correct. They were one of the first... I guess you would call it niche VR porn sites that came around. There was them, and I think there was um, Metaverse out of the Pacific North, Northwest, um, who also kind of had fetishy-oriented content, a little bit of submissive play, um, S&M, that kind of stuff too. Um, but with Kink VR, this is like the Kink brand that everybody has known for, what is it, over a decade at least. Um, I'm just, uh, I have a feeling that the situation that caused them to migrate from San Francisco to, well, I believe, Vegas, um, probably got in the way of the VR thing, especially as it was such a new product at the time for them. 
or just a new medium in general. The, the idea of spending money for the technology and all that kind of stuff just wasn't in the cards at the time. However, they have the right people who appreciate the content, um, have great respect for the models, understand things like consent, which is extremely important in that sort of um, space, play space. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can come up with uh, after this hiatus. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I know they're filming some new stuff, so it should be good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today on the podcast, Telly, and hopefully we can make a habit out of this, as I would love to have you on at the end of each month to discuss the latest news and developments, if you're up for it. Hey, I'm totally up for it, Um, but uh, just don't make me show you any videos of me dancing, because they're pretty <laughs> embarrassing. I can't promise it, but uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, maybe I'll, I'll crowdfund that one first, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, if people want to see me dance in VR, yeah, check it out at VR Fan Service. Yeah, I'll put a dollar in for that. All right, there we go. <laughs> All right, great. Well, with that, let's get to my interview here with Chavi Klaus from Bedoink VR. You were there with Bedoink before the creation of Bedoink VR. So what were you doing there before you got into VR and what type of business was Bedoink involved in at that time? I, I have a, a technical background. So before starting at Bedoink, I was working on a IT company. So I was a little bit scared to, to move to porn industry, but I'm glad I did this change. And when I arrived to Bedoink, they didn't have VR yet. They have Bedoink VIP which is a, a porn site, like a normal 2D porn site. And it was big back in 2002. Uh, the company was one of the first investing on porn accessible for a smartphone. I mean, when everyone was saying like, yeah, this is not going to work, they were there and they succeed. So that's why when we try VR, we saw like another big opportunity to join to a new market not explored yet in the porn industry. So more or less, that's what happened. So Bedoink was more of a technology company. Were you, was Bedoink creating any content or were they just involved in, in porn and, and basically creating technology around that? Uh, yes, we like to call us like a, a tech company that happens to, to do porn, but we are always investing in in new devices, new technologies. So as I said, like when I arrived here, the main product was a mobile friendly porn site. And yes, we were shooting some content for that site. So where did the idea of Bedoink VR come from and what was it like in those early days? Uh, I remember uh, our CEO, Jeremy, coming with a headset and he's like, Hey guys, we have to do something with this. This is amazing. So we discovered that there were some guys here in Spain that had a small site of, of VR porn. And we instantly think, okay, this is the future. We're going to do the same, but better. And you were brought on, I guess, as the tech guy to kind of run the show? Uh, back in the days, I, I was mainly, yeah, I was kind of the head of the user experience. So I started designing and developing the site, but uh, that was like four years ago. And I don't know, I started moving more to the product side till like now I'm like managing like all the sites. So 
I can imagine those early days must have been a lot of trial and error with it being a whole new thing. I can't imagine. It must have been quite stressful for you. Yeah, no, it was actually I remember like a fun time because it, it was all like, as you were saying, try and error because we didn't, we didn't even know how to shoot. So we have to figure out everything. Then there's no player back in the days to, to watch it on the smartphone. So we have to build our own player. So everything was new, and, and I, I had good memories from, from that starting because we learn a lot, and we keep learning. Like in every shoot we do, we learn something new. So that's the cool thing of VR, that there's a lot of things to discover yet. I believe the first Bedoink VR scenes came out in about mid-2015, and how long was it before you knew you had something that was going to be successful and profitable? To be honest, um, I mean, once we shot the first scenes, even if there were some issues, everyone that was trying it, like, wow, like you have an amazing product. And yes, once we launched, I mean, instantly we started gathering feedback. Of course, there were some issues, but the overall feedback was really good. So we are convinced that this is going to work since day one. I mean, we're still convinced that VR port is the future of port. Now, I know in the beginning you guys were shooting one video a week and then eventually two videos a week. And if I remember, you had a lot of European models in the beginning and then it was sort of a mix of European and American girls. And now I think it's mostly girls from the U.S. Was there a time when you had like two different production teams, one in Europe and one in the USA, shooting content? Actually, we have now three productions team for the four products that we have. We have one in Europe. Two in Europe, actually, and one in the States. The decision to start shooting with more, like, American uh, stars is because, the like, our main market is U.S., and they like to see, like, this, recognize the, the faces. I mean, there's a, it's a big industry in the States, so there's big names. People like to see these big names. And in VR, they, they want to see their favorite port star in VR. And most of the famous port stars are in the States. So that's that's why. About a year and a half after you started Bedoink VR, you launched VR Cosplay X. So what was the idea behind that? You just realized that there was more of a market for that kind of content. And you decided, hey, we already have multiple production teams. Let's start this site. When we saw that Bedoink uh, VR was a success case, we wanted to launch another site. And we did some research. So we're thinking like, okay, who has this, like the headset? Who is the people that has the headset, these early adopters? And it's, it's gamers. I mean, first people that bought like the Oculus Rift or the HTC, it's people that play video games. So we thought like what people would like to watch, like but video games, or comics part of it. So that was the idea. Try to go and, and, and yeah, try to go and find this niche. And I think we were lucky. We launched the perfect product in the perfect timing. Because if you take a look, all the other products that were launched the same year, not a single one is as good as cosplay. Well, I do enjoy all the special effects, the production value of VR Cosplay X. Are the cost for that substantially higher than the other sites or about the same? It's about the same. I mean, to be honest, it's just uh, an editor that is 
he likes to play a little bit with yeah with this for the cinema or Adobe Premiere, and it's not it's not rocket science. I mean, we don't do like crazy crazy stuff. It's easy stuff, but it's I think it's fun. It gives this. We do it for fun. It's not like um, it adds a little bit more of value, but it's not a big, big cost involved. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes is the Jessica Rabbit scene with Blondie Fessor. I really love that scene. Okay, yeah, it's a good one. It's so, and I, and I think the the makeup and everything. It's wow. It's 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 really cool. Yeah, I remember that scene. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if the models are having a lot more fun playing a character like that compared to, you know, the roles they usually play. Do they ever come to you with the ideas about a character that they want to play? Yeah, yeah. Like, we have a lot of requests. Like, uh, like the models love to to work with cosplay because it's like, uh, yeah, all these costumes, they had all day taking pictures. And we have requests, actually, like, in the mail, like, from, from our directors, like, girls like, hey, I would love to do this girl or that comic please and so it's it's fun i mean and they love it they they want to keep the costume a lot of times because <laughs> we we most of the times we tailor made the costume so it's it fits perfect ah, to the girl that's nice of you so after vr cosplay about six months later you launched a third site 18 vr which i think is more focused on younger models european models and uh, you get good reviews for that one for the quality. And how's that one going for you? Yeah, you're right. It's the third product. It's doing okay. I mean, the problem there is that uh, there's a lot of competition. I mean, it's not as unique as cosplay, for instance. And we don't have the big names that we have in Madden VR. It's doing okay. And technically, I think it's one of the best sites that we have. And as as you said, like yeah, people is is happy with with that one. I mean, I cannot tell you like it's as big as cosplay, of course, but we're getting there. I mean, step by step, improving the quality, trying to find more exclusive models. So we will get there eventually. And then yes, another six months after that came Babe VR, which is really kind of unique in that you are. I assume the idea there is to get girls who wouldn't normally do a, a BG scene, but they'll come in and they'll do a scene with the, the torso. Is that kind of what you're focused on there? Yeah, totally. I mean, you can have these like uh, very young models, even cam models that don't do boy-girl scene, that they are happy to shoot with, with baby R, and that gives the opportunity to have a fresh face on VR, which is not that easy. If you take a look to all the studios, you see some faces that, uh, they, so many videos. So it's nice from time to time to, to have a fresh face and also give the opportunity to work with big, big names that they don't do boy girl anymore. So that's the two big benefits of, of having baby R in our portfolio. So that's four different sites. Now you said you have three different production teams. Is that are those teams sort of uh, independent of each other? So there's not really sharing of technology between the three of them. I will say between two of them, yes, we're kind of sharing, but we have a, a third one that is more autonomous and trying new things, and yeah, keep it for from their, themselves. But yeah, we try to. If we discover, like, an, a, for instance, a new microphone that works much better, of course, we share it. 
but there's some other stuff that you know uh, some teams want to keep uh, for themselves <laughs> well, that according to my math you guys are putting out five scenes a week between those four sites you must be a pretty busy guy yes yes it's it's i mean we try to split that these five scenes between these three teams so it's okay i mean you can shoot two scenes in one day oh really for the instance so yes i didn't know that wow that that is that's a long day though i'm sure yeah, it's a long day. I mean, uh, we're, we're, they were shooting yesterday. They start at 9, and they finish at uh, 7.30. So, oh, long day. Yeah, I was going to ask you, too. I just noticed on your site that you also have Kink VR. Is that something you're adding in now? Yes, we launched it, like, uh, last Friday, on Black Friday. So, yeah, it's the new site. I mean... And again, a new niche that no one was like um, covering on VR. And we thought that the fetish approach is going to be very nice. And we thought like, why don't partner with someone that knows much better than us how to shoot fetish content? So we have this partnership with King and we'll see how it's going. I mean, the like the Black Friday sales look promising so we have big hopes are they going to be shooting new content or it's yes um we use all content but two of the the latest two scenes it's already new content and we're going to update with uh, one new scene per week and it's going to be totally new content with better technology and i think with all the learnings that we had in the previous um, product that we have. So they are going to use like all the knowledge and shoot the best VR fetish since ever. Well, you guys are probably the most open VR porn company when it comes to partnering with other companies in the industry to promote and sell your content. I think PVR, the new PVR headset is an example of that. And then you have your, your real VR site as well, where you think you're partnered up with like 20 different sites and you have four videos that you release each week. So is that sort of the company policy to get your content in as many places as possible to, to gain as much exposure as you can? Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, VR is still quite new for a lot of people. So I think all, all the studios, we have to go all together and, and, and try to, I mean, promote VR as much as possible. I mean, there's a piece of the cake for everyone. So I don't feel like, you know, fighting. I, I don't see like competitors. It's like we are all in the same ship. We want VR to succeed. Well, I mentioned the PVR headset. I know your content is a big part of that platform. Do you mm-hmm. view that type of product as something that can be successful going up against the mainstream headsets like the Oculus Go? Yes, I mean, if you try it, um, you, will be, you will be surprised. I don't know if you had a chance, but it's super easy. You don't have to do anything. You don't need any technical knowledge. Even to set up an Oculus Go can be a little bit challenging. I mean, it's not rocket science, but for someone not tech at all, it's a little bit a pain in the ass. So with this, you put it play and back but stop i mean just two buttons you, you have everything so if if they are able to market it correctly i think there's a lot of potential there 
Yeah, I have been able to try it. I've actually visited with the team there. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It actually simplifies the process, I think, is, and makes yeah. it very easily accessible where maybe it can be a little difficult for some people, especially people in certain countries where, you know, most of the porn sites are blocked. Yeah. No, for instance, like if I think my father, he would love to to use it, but no way he's able to set up an Oculus. <laughs> I'm sure he can use the PVR. Well, you guys... This is one of the big things. When you guys started out, you gave away, I can't remember how many thousands of Google Cardboard headsets. I think you're still doing it, actually. Yeah, we gave away uh, 10,000 when we launched. We were a little bit crazy back in the days, but that was a nice promotion. And now we, for every subscription, we give away like a free Google Cardboard because we think that if people want at least to try how it is, it's, it's not perfect, but you have an idea on how it works, and then you will decide to move to a, a better headset. But, we, yeah, we're still having this promotion in, in all the sites. Well, let's talk. We talk about headsets. Let's talk about camera rigs. What do you see there as far as new things that are coming or improved techniques? We, we keep an eye on all the new cameras, trying to see if we can use uh, a new system. Uh, right now, I think the big challenge is try to increase the, the field of view because um, next year is going to be released like new headset with a better field of view. And I think 180 is not enough anymore. So we're trying to figure out the way to shoot like a little bit more, like maybe 240 would be ideal. So you don't have this window effect when you move. So this is the big challenge at the moment. Do you spend a lot of time actually on set when they're producing the scenes? Not really. I'm going from time to time when there's press. Or like, no, not really. I mean, to me, I'm more like in the business part. Because I know there's a lot of guys requesting more threesomes, more threesomes. Is that something you're going to try to add more of in the future? Yeah. I mean, in, I think uh, in VR it's an example like of, we try to do as more threesome as possible, but that, then the cost is going a little bit. If you shoot in US, I mean, it's two girls, more money. So, of course, we want to do it, but it's just a, it's more headache. <laughs> Let's put it this way, <laughs> because that try to models cancel last minute. So, if you have two, one cancels. So, you need to, it's, it's much, much more work. I was going to ask you with the content that you're producing, are you focusing or looking at doing more of the immersive kind of girlfriend experience type scenes instead of uh, scripted scenes? Yes. I mean, we want to, to have, uh, like create this intimacy and, and we know a lot of people like to have this girlfriend experience. So that's why we try to explain to the girls when they are coming for the first time to shoot. So imagine that you are with your boyfriend. How would you act? So definitely we're going on that direction. And how much of an influence can fans have on you as far as what talent you're booking? Can they request girls? Do you listen to people and what they want to see? Of course, like in, in our internal forum, we have a section for people to do requests. And in fact, there's some cases that we... Someone was requesting a specific girl on cosplay with a specific costume, and, and we did it. And then you see the comment of the guy, and it's the best day of his life. 
Well, what do you see now for VR porn in 2019, both looking at it as an industry-wide and just from your sites as well? Is it going to be just more improvements? What, what do you see in the future? I think as, as, as I was uh, telling you before, like uh, we're going to see an improvement for sure in, in the rigs. The quality will keep uh, increasing. And I'm sure we'll see uh, some big players coming to the game. I mean, I'm sure someone is working in something. I, I, I mean, of course, yeah, something big is going to happen. I, I have this feeling. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything, eh, but I have the feeling that, I don't know, if I was a big, big, big brand, I will be investing on VR. And I'm sure they will be working on it. So probably we'll have a surprise this year. Ah, uh, well, you guys are still up there on top. So I'm sure you'll still be there no matter what. Now, you've provided all of us VR porn fans with such a variety of content, and we're all looking forward to more of it. So keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I want to say thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was nice to talk with you, Scott. And thanks again to Chavi for taking the time to talk with me. I'm sure with all the different sites Bedoink is currently running, he must be a pretty busy guy over there. Chavi and his team have done very well to diversify their product offerings over the past couple of years, and now, by partnering with KinkVR on their site, I think there's a huge opportunity for them to grow in that market as well. It was also nice to hear how confident Chavi is about the future of VR porn, and he really should be confident because Bedoink has put together a great lineup of content across their four or five sites now. So it should be exciting times ahead at Bedoink, and I am looking forward to enjoying more great videos from them in the future. Alright, I think that will do it for this episode of the VR Pimp Podcast. I thank you for listening, and until next time, this is Scotty Velvet, signing off. Mm-hmm.